0: Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Rick. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever as we start a new year. And uh, and if you sometimes feel that tentativity, am I supposed to be where, where I am? We can find confidence. Uh, we're exactly where God would have us. Uh, good morning. My name is David. I love... Uh, being one of the pastors around here, and um, and also love to be able to celebrate new life with you guys. And so um, earlier um, before Christmas, Finnegan McDoyle was born, and uh, on twelve twenty six pounds nine ounces uh, to Matt and Signy, and uh, just thankful for God and His providence through bringing life into this world. Um, it is a privilege, right, in how God <laughs> grows, grows his family by uh, entrusting these sweet lives into, into the care of those who trust him. So every, every year around this time, we look and we pause and ask, God, what do you, what do you have for us? Where, where are you taking us? This vision that we look ahead and, um, and yet we simultaneously understand it is a new year and yet it is the same vision. Uh, our Lord left us with these words. At the end of each gospel, we see uh, the same call, phrase slightly different, but at the end of each gospel, and then in Acts, we see a call to make disciples. Jesus said this, Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when he saw that, when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted, and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go. Therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and I'll be with you even to the end of the age. It is that call every year that we want to embody since Jesus rose from the dead and commissioned those who follow him. To to make disciples, and for us, we see that embodied in three primary relationships, three primary rhythms and lifestyles. To follow Jesus, build community, and seek transformation, and yet, the pain point that we see is often, when we look across northern evangelical America, we are over-programmed and under-discipled. It has become this functional great commission, go into all the world and make more worship attenders baptizing them in the name of small groups and teaching them to volunteer a few hours a month. We think the Great Commission is bigger than that. We, we think this is a high call where we are planted to go and be a part of what God is doing all around us. And, and yet, it's not without challenges. And, and so I, I just paused and reflected a little bit. Maybe some of these challenges resonate with you, but looking back on 2023, what, what are some of those challenges that we face as we long to make disciples. And so uh, here here are a few that came to mind for me. Abortion is still the leading death in 2023 across the world. 44 million babies aborted in 2023 across the world. That number staggers me. And yet God is still God of our present, God of our future, and he's writing our stories. These, These aren't absent from him, and yet, it is a staggering statistic. Inflationary pressures just mounting. You go to the grocery store and, and things are just, uh, they seem overwhelming. When you look at what you put in your grocery basket and, and the cost that it, it was for that amount. Uh, affordability of healthcare, just the cost of what it means uh, in our context to, to see a doctor. Uh, drug addiction, Depression, anxiety just feel like they're skyrocketing. The things we do to numb our pain in this life just feel like they are mounting with, with so many different expressions of what that is. Uh, violent crimes. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like I turn on the news and there is just a, a weight of violence that exists all across our landscape. Um, and, and you see it both in just the, the minor things. You go to maybe the doctor or the restaurant and There's just a tenor of anger that just kind of permeates life. Seeing it even in your interaction with your doctor or your server, there's just this pain escalating to violence. A lack of clarity around human sexuality and the way God designed life to work. Uh, In the UK, I just read that they just named the transgendered woman as the uh, woman to represent the British people. And and it just is a striking reality of uh, a lack of clarity around human sexuality. Uh, international and domestic terrorism, just, just the terrorism through Hamas towards Israel. And yet God still sustains this people century after century after century of what he continues to do and have his hand on Israel. And yet it doesn't still, still breaks my heart to see the international and domestic terrorism and then just immigration people seeking something, seeking maybe a better life, and yet it just feels overwhelming. And how do you navigate these issues in 2024? Um, and then even in our context, in Dane County, uh, the Freedom From Religion headquarters is here in Dane County, <laughs> that that advocates for the elimination of the God of our present and the God of our future to be done away with, that that absent from culture, that, that's here in Madison. Uh, we, a, as a community, Madison constantly ranked as one of the most unchurched or de-churched cities in the country, currently 11th as of a few years ago, as one of the most uh, unchurched or de-churched cities in the country. And then broadly for our county, just under 5% consider themselves evangelical, convinced that Jesus uh, died, resurrected from the dead, and is to be treasured in our hearts and and by faith have life in him. That number is fairly small, and, and yet... And yet I hear these numbers and we ask every year, same vision, God, how might we see Hillcrest be a part of seeing that number move from five to 6%? How might we see a heart that that joins God in what he's doing in Dane County? And so I'm going to read Colossians 3 and we're going to see the same vision all over the biblical text. To follow Jesus, build community, and seek transformation. It's all over the biblical text. We're just going to see it in one more place this morning in Colossians 3. Here's how Paul records. If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things of earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is in your life appears... Then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. That we look around and you can see the pain, the hurt of people chasing empty wells. And before we start pointing the finger, what does Paul say? And such were some of you that we actually see that God has transformed our lives and he longs for us to be a part of what he's doing all around us. And so I wanna put up a few stats that speak to this glimmer of what seems to be happening around us. Barna talks about US teens' motivation to continue to learn about Jesus. All teens, just a a study that Barna did broadly in this next generation, 75% say, I wanna learn more about who this Jesus guy is. There's more to life than just the body. There's a spiritual world that I want to lean into. I want someone to tell me more about who this Jesus guy is. Among those who would say they are connected to a faith community, 98% want to see Jesus beyond an over-programmed and under-discipled culture that they've grown up in potentially. 98% say, I just want more of who this Jesus guy is. Nominal Christians, those may be connected to a mainline or broadly some level of connection to spirituality, even there we see 72%, 82%, 82% saying, I'm interested. I want to learn more. There's got to be more to this life. And then among those who have no connection to a faith community or Jesus, 53% saying, Somewhat or highly motivated to learn more, that there's more to this life. Again, another stat, spiritual openness broadly. 77% would say, I believe in some sense of God. Most people you interact with are, are somewhat aware and more than that would say, want to grow. Looking for clarity on what exactly that is, but want to grow. Who is this God? Because I recognize there's more to it in life than just this physical body. And then I'm more open to God today than I was before the pandemic, 44%. And so I want to read Colossians 3. The same call to another year, Paul tells us what it means to follow Jesus, build community, and see transformation as the journey of life. It is the same vision in a new year. If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things of earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God through faith. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death therefore what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry, On account of these that the wrath of God is coming and yet we never point the finger and judge through our window instead in these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put away all anger, wrath, malice, slander and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and you've put on the new self again in 2024 which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of our creator. Here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised. Within the church family, there is a common bloodline, barbarian, uh, Scythian, slave, free. But Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you, richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms like we just did, and hymns about who this God is, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. As we enter 2024, it is a new year, but the same vision remains that we long to build multi-generational communities towards a lifetime of following Jesus, seeking community, and, or sorry, building community and seeking transformation in our homes, our neighborhoods, and our world. So pray with me and, and we'll uh, dig into Colossians 3. Oh, Jesus, you're so good. Thank you for who you are, what you're doing in our life. And, and we look around and we feel the pain of our world, of our communities, in our homes, and yet trusting that you are at work in our lives, our yesterday, today, and forever. And so reveal yourself as we look ahead to another year of your faithfulness. Always for your glory, we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're going to walk through Colossians. Those three points come directly from the text, that we're setting our minds on the things above. Bearing with one another, letting the message of Christ dwell among us richly in whatever we do, whether in word or deed, doing it all in the name of our Lord Jesus. That we are setting our mind on the things above. Following Jesus means directing our attention and our affection to him. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things of this earth, these temporary things. It is a fundamental part of the life of a disciple to follow Jesus, that, that within our context, we are enjoying him, that we seek to find our joy in Jesus above anything else this life has to offer. So I'd love to invite Jordan and Jenny up and, and to ask them what this experience of setting their mind on the things above has looked like in their life. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jenny. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit of who you are, and, and then maybe a little bit of what this uh, journey of setting your mind on the things above has looked like in your life. Yeah. I'm Jordan, and this is Jenny. We're the Bells.
1: And um, we've been coming to Hillcrest for two or three years now, and um, it's been a really great place for us to land. Um, yeah. So anyways, um,
0: <laughs> so, so what does it feel like to say Bell? Because that's new. That's still new.
2: That's true. That's true. About four months old here, but yes, uh, Jenny Bell, it feels really good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Uh, come on. So what's this look like, just in this joy in Jesus as expressed in your life, setting your mind on things above?
1: Yeah, so the theme of joy in Jesus has kind of been a part of our lives even before we were um, here at Hillcrest, and the past year has been one of a lot of change. Um, we got engaged. We finished a basement, we sold a house, we bought a house, we got married, we moved, and the list just felt like it kept going on and on. and um, it's really easy to um, forget to find joy in Jesus amidst all that change. Mm. There's just so much um, that just distracts us. So um, in times like this, um, but we like being a part of Hillcrest, um, we found ourselves at the end of um, another value, generous relationships. Mm. And um, that was really helpful to both stay sane and to find our rest and joy in Jesus in that time.
0: Mm.
2: So, last time I was um, blessed to be invited on this stage <laughs> uh, was for the annual meeting, and um, I spoke about how I was able to be a part of the vision casting team. Um, and we kind of came up with some different analogies in seeing um, Hillcrest move into the future, um, and one of those things um, was the analogy of each one of us here being um, being nourished and then planted as hosta in the garden of Hillcrest, and um, and with that, <laughs> um, extending deep roots in Jesus and growing. Um, Uh, in and with joy, um, thriving in him, and then to naturally and intentionally um, bless others through our vitality. Um, So I feel like Jordan and I um, were these two separate hosta plants that now have been transplanted into a new one together. And um, with that, there's a lot of joy, but there's also a lot of upturned soil and cutting of old roots and establishing Mm -hmm. new ones and room to grow. Um, and so with all the things Jordan mentioned, um, this last year was full of so many good things, but also really hard things. Um, and so, um, we are so thankful that we are planting and are planted in Oregon, this community in our new home in Oregon. Um, and specifically here at Hillcrest where we feel the soil is so, um, rich in nutrients, um, led by the Holy Spirit. Um, and uh, with um, all of that, we have felt um, watered and, um, and held mm. up and bolstered by the plants around us, mm. um, and mm. there have been a lot of um, examples of that um, that have continued with the different ways we have gotten plugged in here, um, including life group. Um, and Jordan can give a few examples that have blessed us um, this past year in helping us keep our eyes focused on joy in Jesus and um, establishing our roots the right way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's been a number of ways that we've seen um, this. Um, so Fred, um, he did our premarital counseling and had a lot of patience and spent a lot of time, and, um, and he helped us work through a lot of things and focus on the end goal of a lifelong marriage um, centered on Christ. Mm. Um, Jared from a life group um, he interjected a lot of joy through some dance lessons that were a nice break from all of the busyness and everything and um, we used that in our wedding as a little number to exit and, um, Jill sent a lot of text messages mm-hmm. of encouragement and prayer the, every day before the wedding um, and that was much needed. There were If Jenny talked about it right now there would be a few tears shed um, That
2: happened for a service so <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, Yeah, so there was just so much um, that we could just celebrate um, being a part of that, um, and we just can't thank um, everyone enough for it. And our family was Mm. there day and night. I mean, there was just so much that was just lifting us up. Um, Mm. So we're finally starting to slow our pace a bit and kind of find our rhythms as a family um, and spend some time at home, um, be present at home, Mm. and be present with our neighbors. So that's um, things we're looking forward to and... Um, I guess right now, um, we're still figuring out a lot, but um, we're finding that um, intentional um, times of connection and planned retreats have been really helpful for us. So mm. we're so thankful to be planted here, and um, looking forward to our future here.
0: Ah, come on, setting, setting our mind on things above. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Jenny. Anything last you want to share? Any last thoughts there?
2: Nope. Okay. good. All right. Uh, Thank you.
0: Would you give my hand? Thank you. Setting our mind on the things above, following Jesus. And yet you heard, not without challenges, uh, alluded to there. Uh, We believe, for you have died. You've died and you've been buried and raised to life with Christ. And yet, therefore... Put to death. This, this mystery that actually, though we have been raised to life with Christ, we, we have, we have died and been raised with Him. We still have this ongoing journey that we navigate of, uh, in life. And we now put away these other things. It is this ongoing spiritual transformation that we seek the things above it. And it's not without challenges. And yet each year we push forward to follow Jesus. And like you heard them say, we don't do it alone. That we put our minds on things above and we bear with one another, letting the message of Christ dwell with us richly. That Paul goes on to say, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate, pick it up at verse 12, hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, and bearing with one another. That there is a one another-ness to this journey. If one has a complaint against another, we love that sound. Isn't that a beautiful sound? It's life. I love that every time. One has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which you've indeed called in one body. The, the togetherness, the one anotherness, and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That we follow Jesus and build community. Those are two essential ingredients in the call of discipleship. And so it always reminds me of a movie called Gladiator. Have you guys seen, don't hear me say I'm promoting that anyone under a certain age should watch Gladiator. But there's, there's a scene in Gladiator, probably one of my favorite movies, where Russell Crowe's character is now entering the Colosseum for the first time. And, and, and he has now been taken and he's now being placed in the Coliseum where it's just utter death is what's awaiting. And yet something interesting happens. that That he... When all the chaos starts to happen and the Colosseum shouts to the people that he's never met before, rallies them. Do you guys remember what those words were? Ah, stick together. He, he shouts to this ragtag group of people, stick together, bear with one another, stick together. And you can see not everybody heeded the call. And if you watch the movie, they just get absolutely slaughtered. And yet... What happens is not that little group. They stick together and the, the amazement of the crowd of what just happened, they actually win in the Colosseum, which hasn't happened. And the, kid, the emperor actually comes down and there's a scene where this is just utterly, utterly uncharacteristic. Why? Because he says, stick together. There is a bearing with one another that we as disciples enjoy Jesus. And then we long to grow together and help others Enjoy Jesus. It is a new year, and yet the same vision remains, that we long to build multi-generational communities who follow Jesus, build community, and then what's that third element? Seek transformation in our homes, our neighborhoods, and our worlds. It's not simply those two ingredients independent of seeking transformation, because a holy huddle then never actually shares with another life what is changing their life. Instead, we long to be people, helping people find life with Jesus, one life at a time to seek transformation, to share what we have in the life of another. And we do that in our homes, our neighborhoods, and our world. This year, what I'm excited about as I seek transformation in my home, uh, my wife and I are trying to figure out how do we get more one-on-one individual time with each of our kids? How do we spend significant one-on-one time? And, And we've actually, through the help of a friend, Create ownership for them to create ideas that they would have on what that time could look like. So, we're going to create a coupon book that they are going to help create so the ideas they have become what they can redeem. That they then allow me to seek transformation in my home. And we long to seek transformation in our homes and our neighborhoods. And I'd like to invite up a buddy, Josh. Uh, as he shares a little bit of what Seeking Transformation in Our Neighborhoods has looked like for him. It's great to see you.
3: It's great to be back up <laughs> here That's yeah. Josh.
0: This is, this is Josh. and why, why don't you give us a little window into your connection around here at Hillcrest? Absolutely.
3: Before I do that, though, I was excited when I saw Gary the guitarist come up barefoot because I'm like, this is the week we sing Cheeseburger in Paradise on the screen. And it didn't happen, so felt like a Buffett concert in here. Uh, so I'm Josh. Um, my wife is... I'm trying to mix it up from thank last you, service. Thank you. Um, so uh, I've been married 15 years to my wife, Jenny. We got three kids. Um, we've moved down. We've been in the Madison area since 2007. We moved out to Brooklyn. Um, we were between Oregon and Brooklyn back in March of 2020. Anybody remember what happened that month by any chance? <laughs> It's, it's not fresh in my head yet. It was the month of COVID, right? It shut everything down. Mm. We were blessed to move out in the country. In there, we were looking for a church room more locally, and we landed here at Hillcrest last year, sometime in the summer. So we're pretty fresh and new mm. here. Mm. Uh, we've been here about a year and a half at that point. I think I'm dating myself at that point um, as well. So that's our roots and establishment here is um, the church. And then just for my own personal nature, I just want to share, like, for me, faith is such an adventure. Mm. Uh, does anybody else feel this way? Like, it's fun like to have faith, and it's powerful, and it's moving, and I just feel like God in my life with our family has... Anybody grew up in the country? Okay. There's one thing I remember. Oh, you did. There's one thing I remember in the country when we would trick-or-treat. You would first go to the country homes. Does anybody know why? Nobody goes there, <laughs> and those people got... Boatloads of candy, and they would just dump it on you. Okay, now let's, so if you're a city dweller, like your family, I'm you may want to go boy. the other way and then come back into town whatever else. So the, the reason I'm sharing that is just a metaphor. I feel like God has just showered our family with blessings mm. um, and just saturated our lives so that everything we touch just brings Jesus into it. And so to the communal aspect of it, to mm-hmm. the point of why I'm even up here. Take our property I mentioned we moved out to. I could just feel the energy of God when we moved out there To just do something big. And it was just like a co-laboring with God. And so, for example, our family um, has the last couple of years, and we're going to do it again this year, is we do a gala fundraiser for nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And so our family gets the pleasure of using our property to host things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Um, Another example of just kind of doing different things in the community is uh, our daughter, our oldest daughter is 12 years old. And I really have a heart, my wife and I do, that She's baptized but then we've got to walk her down that road in that Mm -hmm. journey. And so I was just going to say every week, I'm going to walk you through that journey and we're going to go reading stuff together. And just through prayer, God invited me like, whoa, why stop there, Josh? Mm -hmm. And so that became doing a middle school ministry um, with other youth. And now I have eight, nine kids that come there every other week. And I'm able to not only share it with my daughter, Mm -hmm. but as an example, but also to other kids and so forth as well. And
0: it fills my bucket up, too, yeah. as well. Yeah, inevitably gets expressed into the lives of others that are around you. And, and not doing, I didn't hear you say, adding anything to your plate, just uh, more intentional with what is already in front of you, namely your house, your space, your home, and uh, your kids and the friendships and the lives around you.
3: I got a word for this, though, and this is what came to me when I was just praying about being up here. So it wasn't always like this, but it's becoming an instinct to use faith in everything. Mm. So it's becoming an instinct... Um, When I own a snowblower and a shovel, and I've got a healthy back, to ask the community in Brooklyn, "Hey, do you need help during a snowstorm?" Mm -hmm. Okay, so the middle school things, an example. I play sports and do. um, I've God's used that for a ministry element to it. It's becoming instinctive, Mm -hmm. and it's not an effort. Like, oh gosh, how do I do this? And then I got to bridge the creepy gap of basketball and bringing faith into it. It's God's using it as just. Instinctive motion. So.
0: Give us one word of encouragement on on maybe that's hard for us. What would that look like if you gave us one word of encouragement? If even what you're describing feels distant and challenging for us, what's the word of encouragement you might have for us? Man, David, I love being put on the spot with something that I did not predict. <laughs> was, that, was, that was I just felt like a natural question I, based I, upon what uh, you said. No, I got a good one though. With this,
3: I think is <laughs> I just like teed me up for this. Like here's a <laughs> the tea. no. I think it's to be dangerous. We were called to live dangerously. Hmm. And so I think God, a lot of times, this has been my life. I mean, it scares me sometimes to even do things like this. And he's just like, you first, just take one step. Hmm. I'll be right there with you and fill in coming right behind you. And it's just like a cornucopia of blessings follow. So when it comes to, you know, there's a couple of girls and stuff here from the middle school that that I've been able to uh, pour into. That is not natural for me, by the way, to do stuff like that. But God just, he filled it all in. So it just took one little step. (laughs) Live a little uh, dangerously, uh, and then he just fills it in, and then he's like, oh, I'm going to dump the dump truck a blessing on your life, yeah, too, while you're at it.
0: Like, come on. I'll take it, so. Uh, God, what are you inviting me into today? Thank you, Josh. Man, give Josh a hand. Thank you. Uh, uh, to seek transformation in our homes, our neighborhoods, and, and uh, in our world, that, that we are sent here, and yet God sometimes draws our heart to be sent cross-culturally. And so I'd love to invite Andrew and uh, Fred up to just share a little bit of what it might look like to seek transformation in, in, in our world.
4: Cool. Thanks, David. Hey, it's been an honor to get to know people like Jordan and Jenny and Josh and, uh, and you as well, Andrew. Mm. Uh, really fun to see you kind of grow up around here, uh, coming here as a high school student, being involved in our youth ministry, coming to Faith in Christ, and in that process, really developing a passion to seek transformation in the world, specifically mm. in Japan. And I mean, putting your money where your mouth is, right? You not only do you have that, that passion, but then you go to college and major in Japanese. So this, what's that? <laughs>
5: That's right.
4: <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, and so I just love seeing that that passion grow. And and then not only that, then you you move to Japan. And live there for three, four years. Live and work and be part of the community there really as an everyday missionary and uh, developing relationships and building mm-hmm. friendships with people around you. And, and so God sent you there. God has sent you back here for a time really to prepare you to be sent back sometime soon. And our All Nations team is really honored to support you in a two-week vision trip. Uh, when do you leave for that? I'll leave tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, <laughs> uh, to really go back and, and seek more vision and wisdom and clarification on not only what full-time ministry might look like for you there, but also, and I love this about you, Andrew, being specific and intentional to say, when I'm there, I want to take time to meet up with my friends that I've made to continue those relationships. So all that said, tell us a little bit more about why Japan? There's all these other countries in the world. What was it about Japan you think God has used to stir your
5: heart? Um, yeah, so first I just want to say a big thanks to the All Nations team. And for those who have already begun partnering with me, um, it's uh, yeah, just a huge blessing to participate in what God's doing in Japan. And so, yeah, why Japan? About 10 years ago is when the Lord started to first draw me to the country. Um, and for those of you who know me, you know I love the food. You know I love the culture. I love karaoke. <laughs> Um, But more than all those things uh, I love the people there And over the last few years The Lord has blessed me with opportunities To build relationships um, With them And that has become my greatest joy About being there Um, But my heart breaks for the 99% um, Of Japan That does not follow Jesus And honestly guys like The biggest temptation for me Is to say God's given up on the Japanese people Hmm. Um, but that's not true. The Lord hasn't given up on Japan. Has He given up on you? No, no, He hasn't given up on me either. Um, and the Bible tells us uh, that uh, yeah, the Lord's heart breaks for Japan. I believe the Lord, the Bible tells us that um, He leaves the ninety nine to find the lost sheep, um, and that uh, He desires for all to come to repentance and be saved. Yeah. So.
4: That's awesome. And if, if you don't mind, t- tell us about some of the, the friendships you've built, some of the ways that you have,
5: mm.
4: uh, as, you, as you went there, as you lived and worked there, taking people from these different spaces in your life, from public to, to uh, social to personal, then to even introducing them, helping them mm. to find communion with God in Christ. Tell us a little bit about some of those friendships.
5: Mm. Yeah. So a um, couple examples. One uh, old guy, um, he's the security guard, Nakayama-san, at my building where I lived, um, and I, I found out that he didn't have much family, didn't have, have friends in the area, and so once a week, I would go get dinner with him, um, and we'd, we'd go out, and uh, still not a believer, but I, would, I had some chances to share my faith with him, mm-hmm. um, and uh, another example, my immediate coworker worker Kawai-san, um, I worked with her for several months, and... She knew i went to church she knew i was a christian and i had the opportunity she she opened up a little bit about andrew i feel like there's more than in life you know what is what is the purpose of being here mm-hmm. um i got to share just a little bit of what that meant to me and share some scripture with her and then um last but not least uh, nakajima-san a really good friend of mine and when i first moved to japan Helped me, um, yeah, find car insurance. Helped me renew my phone plan. Helped me with so many things. Mm. And over lunches and dinners and time spent together, um, I got the chance to pray with her. Uh, I got the chance to to share scripture with her. Um, eventually invite her to church. Um, she came to church. I bought her a Bible, which she began to read. And then um had the opportunity to see the Lord do a transformation in her life. She became a believer. And I'm looking forward to reconnecting mm, come her on. With, with her when I go back.
4: Um, yeah. That's, That's awesome. Yeah. And if we could just take a minute, I'd love to, to pray for us, pray for you, Andrew, as you're headed back there uh, looking for God's uh, God's direction, his wisdom in, in your life. Let, let's pray. Mm. Our Father, we thank you so much for the people that you placed in our lives who were everyday missionaries to us, to meet us where we are at, to help us to grow in relationship and friendship with them. Thank you for showing yourself through them into our own lives. And I pray for all of us that you would encourage and equip and strengthen us to be these everyday missionaries as we go. And thank you for Andrew's example Mm. as an everyday missionary seeking this transformation to the world. Pray that you would encourage him as he leaves even just tomorrow Mm. for this two-week vision trip. Open his eyes, open his heart to what you would have for him in Japan. Mm. And uh, Father, bless him as he rekindles and and continues to build on these beautiful friendships and relationships that he has made as an everyday Mm. missionary in Japan. So, Father, bless him as we go as we look forward to hearing uh, what you do in his life mm. in Japan. we pray in Christ's name. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Thanks, Amen. Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. seeking transformation in our homes, our neighborhoods, and our world. Uh, a new year, and yet the same vision that we long to build, multi-generational communities, embodying those three lifestyles, and, and yet one of the obstacles feels like it is embodied in this graph. Uh, it comes from a book by Francis Chan called Until Unity, and the, the different categories are growth areas, spiritual transformation that was listed in Colossians 3, and then that component of discipling others, and yet sometimes what happens is we come to know Jesus, and we, we have this, skyrocket towards information, not transformation, that that we accumulate knowledge, but it never actually gets applied in our lives. Instead, around Hillcrest, we long to grow as disciples, following Jesus, building community and seeking transformation as a hub that then inevitably gets expressed in where we live, work and play. Colossians says this, whatever we do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Pick it up in verse 16 there. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts towards God. And whatever you do, in our Monday to Saturday, where we live, work, and play, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That, that we long to embody that as we follow Jesus build community, and seek transformation. And so as we look back over the past few years, we have been on this journey of DNA towards direction. You heard Jenny allude to that. We asked, who are we? Who, who as a church family are we? What, what is that core DNA of joy in Christ and being biblically saturated? And then last year, we asked, so, so what might be the direction we would go? And then this year, we long to stack hands on that direction. Anyone wanna take a guess what that would be? It's a new year, but the same vision that we long to build multi-generational communities towards a lifetime of following Jesus, building community, and seeking transformation. We, as individuals, enjoy Christ. And then as beggars who have found some bread, inevitably want to share that. And what's the natural byproduct when those who treasure Christ do for one what they wish they could do for many and start inviting more into this journey with Jesus? What happens? It inevitably becomes a place where there's more communities needed. That we long to become a sending station filled with everyday missionaries sharing their joy in Jesus. We long to be a sending station, building multi generational communities. So, so, the question if that phrase is new, what is a sending station? What, what would that mean that we are longing to become a sending station filled with everyday missionaries sharing their joy in Jesus? I hope this is, uh, true of who we are. We relentlessly point towards a vision to help everyone who attends Hillcrest and calls Hillcrest home to see themselves as sent ones. That we're sent here where we're planted to see that 5% become six. That we as beggars have found some bread and we just want to share it with everyone. That, that we are developing tools. And we have and want to continue to develop tools to help people practically implement the call of Jesus to be a disciple who share their joy. And we've done that through an organizational pathway. And you heard Fred allude to that personal pathway in our public, in our social, in our personal spaces, ultimately with an eye on communion with God. And that we have our everyday missionary fund that we long to allocate resources to people who have creative ideas on how they want to leverage their life that someone might say, hey, uh, can we help purchase some coffee pots so that I can gather my neighbors for a monthly coffee time to talk about meaningful things in life? Or or might I invest in some sports equipment and utilize the gym to, to invite people into community and relationships? We have an everyday missionary fund and simple tools to be living proof. Every once in a while, we'll give away cookie mix or brownie mix, not ultimately so that you can go home like my kids and make cookies. So I had to repurchase a bag of cookie mix because my sweet kids wanted to make cookies with that cookie mix, but so that you would be equipped to engage in relationships and conversations with your neighbors. We are exploring what it would mean to create an internship where we can bring in young men and young women being trained to be everyday missionaries living and multiplying disciple makers. What would it mean for those who are saying, I I think I'm interested in vocational ministry. How how might we as a community support and raise and help them in their vocational desire? And then we are applying for a grant to build a residency. There's an organization that would fund a two-year salaried position that we're going to apply for in May. Might God allow us to get this grant so that we could have resources to build a residency where young pastors ready for their next step in ministry can come and be trained as multipliers and be sent to help existing churches or start new churches with the same vision? How might Hillcrest be a part of seeing that 5% turn to 6? We also are saying we're, we're investigating land options. To provide our kids, you've heard about this, we're gonna continue in 2024 to ask this question, to provide our kids with an ever better, safe, engaging, developmentally appropriate, happy experience of Jesus' love every Sunday morning on our campus, not ultimately so that it's about our campus, but to complement what parents, what you guys are promoting in your homes. How might we be a part of what God is doing in this next generation in our community in raising up future followers of Jesus? And then... I hope at the end of the day, this is what it means at Hillcrest. We send you every Sunday to be an everyday missionary to all the spaces you live, work, and play. We are Ascending Church. That we long to be disciples who grow together and bear with one another on mission, always with an eye to see more lives changed. That we've been moving from DNA to direction. And for 35 years of Hillcrest, this has been who we are. We long to be biblically saturated. We long to see the hope of Christ and thirsty life satisfied in him. This year, we just want to stack hands on that reality, and we're calling it the Planted Initiative. We're planted here in Dane County. It is where God has placed us. He's entrusted us to join him in what he's doing all around us. Maybe you're even here asking, God, what are you doing? Because in 2024, I'm wondering, are you real? Are you who you say you are? We're going to say again, you're not here on accident. Again, Hillcrest longs to see from the inside out beggars who have found some bread that want to share it with everyone. And so we're hoping to offer this living water to more thirsty souls, to cultivate a vibrant kids ministry that someday would give birth to more communities like Hillcrest, that share a heart to experience more of life with Christ. So the question is, where do you start? What would be the first thing you think I'd encourage us as we move this year? Say it again, Margie. Because prayer is the work. (laughs) To pray with desperate dependence, believing God is actually working and drawing people to himself. That it's not on me to make people projects, to to somehow force religion on somebody instead, believing the spirit of God is drawing people to find life and satisfaction in his name. That prayer is the work. So here are a couple encouragements. To pray for a greater understanding of God and a deeper desire to promote his glory. And if that's hard to do and that desire doesn't exist, that we pray for greater desire to pray for a greater understanding of God to actually believe he's at work and then ask for a desire to pray for a desire for deeper understanding of God. If this is just hard, it's hard to believe God is at work in all that pain, asking him, reveal that, give that to us and pray that God would be glorified in every context by our faithful response. Prayer is the work. And then I'd encourage you, we're gonna have an update throughout the year. Head to hillcrestbiblechurch.com slash initiative. Currently, it just says where we were, where we are, and where we'd hope to be. And, and what I hope you find is God's been pretty faithful and consistently that same heartbeat throughout our existence as a church family. And then I would say our faithful response matters. Every week we pray, and then we watch to believe God is actually at work to be living proof of a loving God. Our faithfulness matters we pray and we watch and yet what do you think my last encouragement would be ah pray because his faithfulness matters most his work ultimately matters most he he is writing our story and so i just want to pause for a minute i would encourage you guys to reflect God, what are you inviting me into in 2024? So we're just going to be still for about a minute and pray this prayer. If it helps to journal something, I'd encourage you to do that. If it just is helpful to pause and reflect on it, do that. But we're going to pray and reflect. God, what are you inviting me into today? God, we believe you are at work, that you are inviting us into what you already are up to. Give us greater eyes to see, ears to hear, all that you are doing and how we might take a step this year in 2024. Thank you, Jesus.